coming up on today's episode, we speak about Angela Kelly's new chapter about the Queen during COVID. We also touch on the Princess Royal's trip to Australia and Papua New Guinea, the Cambridges and other members of the royal family at Easter, and in the royal news this week, Harry meets the Queen, and we also discuss his interview on the Today Show. So let's get on with today's episode. Grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's let's keep up with with the the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. We are back, Rach. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. Hello, everyone. And we are back. We're back. Thank you so much to Christy for last week's episode on Charles and Camilla. We've had such amazing feedback, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And Charles and Camilla, they're kind of marmite in a way sometimes. You either really like them or you don't. And Christy's passion just shined through and... I think we've said it before since doing this podcast, we definitely have a new appreciation for both Charles and Camilla, don't we? Yeah, we have, definitely. I mean, they're not my favourite, but I do look back and I think, wow, I have so much respect for Charles and Camilla. And it was just wonderful to speak to Christy. It's just amazing. And the fact that she's met them as well. (laughs) She's met them. And also, we just want to extend our congratulations to Tanya and to Christy because they got married as well. So it's just incredible. It's lovely to have them as part of the royal community and also I need to update the royal community because I'm not kidding so many people messaged me on Instagram and on email asking me did you go on holiday and did you have a lovely time and I want to (laughs) say royal community I made it to Norway I made it and honestly if you have the chance to go to Norway it is one of the most magical spectacular places I have ever been in my life and I can never tell you how incredible it is you have to see it with your own eyes so um i'm highly highly going to fly the flag for norway it's incredible thank you so much to all the norwegian lovely people that i met whilst i was out there they are so kind and so like welcoming just an amazing country to visit so yes i did go on holiday and i'm still i've still got a little bit of holiday vibes actually rach but you had you didn't manage to see the northern lights because they were out of season right out of season so we went into this gift shop to get um, our good old uh, fridge magnet as we do we go everywhere and we get a fridge magnet (laughs) Um, and the gentleman behind the um, counter the English is impeccable it's absolutely amazing and he was basically saying to us because we had a balcony cabin because we went via a cruise um, he said look out for the northern lights even though they're not known to be out in April well there I was on my balcony But it was so freezing. I had to call reception to ask for a blanket. So I was out there with a blanket and I still didn't see them. So I did try Royal Community. I tried really hard. But honestly, please go to Norway. It's absolutely incredible. Um, And I still haven't sent you any photos, have I, Rach? No, I want to see what you got up to. I drank from a glacier waterfall. I see. I also walked honestly and I also walked up a massive mountain in the national park in Alden and had some photos with a glacier 
I mean, the glacier didn't have any consent in the photos, <laughs> but it was just amazing. It was just, and it it was snowing. So I had to pack for every weather. So I had my hiking gear and my little studs going on the snow, but then I also had my swim gear and, you know, my, it was, it was quite balmy actually to take that many clothes. Honestly, it's one of the best experiences of my life, I would say. And uh, I can't wait to go back. Amazing. Well, Royal Community, last week, nothing really was happening with the Royals because they was on the Easter break. This week, it's all going on. <laughs> I was on my holiday, had no Wi-Fi whatsoever. And then I come back and I'm like, what's happened? So <laughs> just to let you know, Royal Community, I'm a bit rusty today. <laughs> so Rachel's going to have to just like prop me up with everything. It's it's been a lot to handle, hasn't it? There's been a lot going on, and it's only Wednesday. <laughs> it's only Wednesday. <laughs> Can I just say uh, before we head into the Royal Roundup, a massive, 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 massive thank you to every single person who has gone over to Kofi and bought Rachel and I a cup of coffee to support the podcast. We have reached our hundred percent goal. Yay! Yay! amazing so we now have funded our whole year of um, podcast hosting therefore we now have another goal and our other goal will be up on Kofi. so please feel free to head on over buy Rachel and I a coffee over there it's four pounds or six bucks roughly and it would be amazing if you could support us in any which way because you know this is a self-funded project we are not part of a big scheme or a big umbrella company we're not journalists this is just we just do this for the love of doing it and it's amazing the royal community support us in such a way so thank you so much for everyone who's helped us reach our 100% goal to get our podcast hosting yeah so thank you so much as Michelle said and we really appreciate every single one of you even if you haven't bought us a cup of coffee just thank you so much royal community for being here it doesn't go unnoticed we see everywhere in the world that you are so didn't we have some listeners in the Philippines? Not only did we have listeners in the Philippines, they hit the top five two weeks ago. And I was just big up Philippines. This is amazing. Like you even beat Australia and, and Germany, which is incredible. I was so like, yes, go for it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I also want a sh- big shout out to all my Norwegian Royal Community fans out there. I love you. <laughs> so with that being said, let's move on to the Royal Roundup for this week. So, Shell, one of my favourite books by Angela Kelly, The Queen's Dresser, The Other Side of the Coin. She's bringing out an extra chapter and it's got some tidbits from over COVID and the passing of Prince Philip, which is really interesting because she obviously has inside knowledge of what was happening at that time. So she was part of the team that formed HMS Bubble, who isolated with the Queen and Philip over the pandemic. Is that what they were called? HMS Bubble? Wow. Every, is everything HMS something? Her Majesty's service. service. <laughs> Could you imagine ha- actually self-isolating with Her Majesty and Prince Philip? That's just like... Yeah, I can't. Wow. Well, I- I'd freak out when I can't. <laughs> I mean, I would just try my best to speak French to the Queen because she's fluent at French, yeah. isn't she? So have a conversation. Have a conversation. Yeah. See if your um, Duolingo is getting you anywhere. <laughs> 
so she went on to describe um the morning of prince philip's passing and she said that only a few of us were told after the family had been informed and on the day of his funeral the queen's dresses pages chefs housemaids footmen and castle attendants that's a lot of people in hms bubble <laughs> oh yes um they all stood to attention as the duke of edinburgh's coffin was carefully placed onto the land rover you could see the expression of sadness on everyone's faces to see such a great and well-respected man making his last journey their thoughts i'm sure were for the queen knowing she had lost her husband and best friend oh I know. It still gets me. And Shell, this week is actually a year since Philip's funeral. Yeah, that hasn't that gone really quickly? Blink of an eye, honestly. I can remember it like it was yeah. yesterday. Well, also, Rach, I remember when we did cover Prince Philip's funeral, you did actually mention seeing all the staff outside mm. and how it was really poignant to actually see that. Yeah. So she's going to be writing that in her book. Yeah, because obviously they weren't allowed to attend. It was only at the time 30 people were allowed to attend the funeral and that was the close family, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking about after the funeral, Angela Kelly then goes on to say about the Queen, I helped her off with her coat and her hat and no words were spoken. The Queen then walked into her sitting room, closed the door behind her and she was alone with her own thoughts. Oh, I know. I know. Mm. But on a lighter note, Shell, from March 2020, Angela was the Queen's hairdresser. Ooh! Because we yeah. you've said before in the past that the Queen does her own hair and makeup. So Angela Kelly stepped up. She does her own makeup. She doesn't do her own hair. She does her own makeup. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. So um, she said, the Queen knew I was nervous, as, but as I grew in confidence, I'm sure the Queen thought I was a professional and started shouting at me, don't do that. Do it this way. That's right. You've got it. Don't change it. <laughs> and then she had to have a stiff drink afterwards to calm her nerves because she just dressed the queen's hair. I'm not kidding. I've got a pair of shavers. Like, I think most people did this over the pandemic. They got a pair of shavers and were shaving their, you know, their partner's heads. And I was, I was shaving Phil's head and it was so nerve wracking. And that's Phil's head. Like, if something goes wrong, he's like, just put a number one all over. Yeah. This is the queen. This yeah. is the queen, and she's in a HMS bubble, so it's very you know close knit quarters. That's got to be the most nerve wracking thing to have ever done in your life. And don't forget, over the pandemic, although she was in Windsor, she was doing a lot of Zoom calls, wasn't she? So she was still being seen. So, and as we've seen, that beautiful white plume of hair in person. <laughs> oh yes, we never, have never a hair out of place. <laughs> Royal community, if you haven't seen our video of us having a brief glimpse of the Queen outside of Buckingham Palace, please feel free to head on over to Keeping Up with the Windsors on YouTube. And I think the the video is called um, "We Saw the Queen." We saw the Queen. Yeah. and Rachel cried. <laughs> and Rachel cried. That's right. We saw the Queen. I'm giving away a big, massive uh, plot <laughs> twist there, but you did cry. <laughs> you yeah. Cried. Um, but yeah, I mean that is the wow. What pressure? What pressure? What pressure? And we also know that it's the Queen's 96th birthday, so we we are actually recording this on the Wednesday, the 20th of April, and it's tomorrow that the Queen turns 96. But we also heard that she's already at Sandringham to, to celebrate her birthday and she went via helicopter. I thought helicopter is like the most uncomfortable mode of transport, isn't it? It's very shaky for her. Probably the quickest route though, isn't it? It is. To get yeah. her in the quickest time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if we get any information, I doubt we'll get a picture. They normally post something, don't they? But um, they have been posting every single day running up to the Jubilee a post from 
certain points in Her Majesty's reign. Um, And I found it really interesting because it's, you know, this happened on this week and this happened this month. It's been really interesting to see. So make sure um, you're looking out for those posts over on the Royal Family Instagram and on their Twitter account. Yeah, because they don't just put like, oh, this is what happened to the Queen in 1952. No. They also write, this is what happens in the rest of the world. So it gives you a bit of context as well. Yeah, so guess what, Rach? We see my favourite girl, the Princess Royal. She's been visiting Australia and Papua New Guinea to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Go, girl! Go, Anne! (laughs) So Anne has been Colonel-in-Chief of the Royal Australian Corps of Signals and Transport since 1977 and 2011. Do you know what? We think of all of these places that the royals have military connections with, but I forget, there's not just Britain. This is the rest of the Commonwealth, isn't it? Yeah. It's just so much. They connect, like so many places they're connected to. But while she was there, she went to the base and she actually met uh, firefighters who were just, you know, such troopers during the, the bushfires in 2019. So that's amazing, isn't it? When she was in Papua New Guinea, she visited an all-girls boarding school and met village elders in Hanuebada and Apologies if I've uh, literally just butchered that name. And laid a wreath at the Bowman War Cemetery. And then she also finished off with a dinner with the country's Prime Minister, James Marra. And you know what, Rach? That's why we call her the workhorse of the royal family, because she is never, she never stops. She's like a Duracell battery. She's on constantly. And you know what, Shell? All of that in Australia, that was all in one day. She had eight no. engagements. Eight engagements in one day. No way. I mean, yes, yeah. Princess, the Princess Royal, honestly. I love it. Let's move on to Prince William. He joined the Climate for Change podcast with the actress Kate Blanchett and Danny Kennedy. And he was there to discuss the Earthshot Prize and how there are solutions out there to protect and repair the planet. William um, made a point of saying going forward, he would like to see more women and Indigenous solutions for the Earthshot 2022. Hmm. I watched this whole thing. um, We'll leave a link in the description, but there is an actual YouTube video to the link. And you can tell, again, this is where um, William's passion is. This is what, you know, his drive is. One of his best initiatives that I think he's ever released Mm -hmm. so far, you know, in his role as Prince William, should we say? Yeah. Kate Blanchett and Danny Kennedy, they was both actually panellists on the Earthshot board to decide who the winners were going to be for each of the categories. What I liked about this interview, and like I say, I've only really seen snippets because I've been on holiday. I don't think I mentioned that, have I, Royal Community? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I loved was William, um, he was asked about the United States and where it's going to be. And he was like, the moment we haven't really made a decision because i think people are like is it going to be in la is it going to be in la yeah. you know oh, i wonder who's in i wonder who's in la i, I don't know anyone in la i mean no. i don't know going on about rage no strange that yeah it is very strange um i'm hoping it's going to be in like a really remote area of america that is going to benefit from having a royal presence there so you never know we'll see Okay, we're moving on to the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall. And for the first time, Charles and Camilla represented the Queen at the Maundy Thursday service at St. George's Chapel. Now, let's give you a bit of history because this ceremony dates back to, deep breath, royal community, 600 AD. And it takes place in remembrance of Christ washing the disciples' feet at the Last Supper. Now, each year, the Queen commemorates this by offering Maundy money to 
senior citizens in recognition of their service to the local community and church. And as the Queen turns 96 this year, Charles gave 96 pence worth of mourning money to 96 women and men. That's really nice, isn't it? Very symbolic. Mm. The coins are pretty much the same as they were back in 1670. Is this when they started here, Rach? 1670? Yeah, 1670. Wow. Uh, but this year, the money is newly minted. Ooh, a bit of freshness there. And um, for the uh, <laughs> Queen's Platinum Jubilee, when we covered Easter last year, Rach, we were actually gutted because the queen didn't do the service because of covid and she they sent all the money in the post didn't they yeah yeah i remember that yeah so yeah this was really um a moment wasn't it as as you said it's the first time we're seeing charles take on this role representing the queen and as we know we're not really going to see the queen much in person because of mobility issues mm-hmm. um fair enough and i think going forward we are going to see more charles and camilla maybe participate in more services like this and what's interesting about this is um that i read that in terms of the jubilee they're going to be deciding on the day whether she will be at certain engagements and certain events which i think is fair enough yeah and i think we even mentioned this before we we weren't actually expecting to see her at all maybe sorry we were expecting to see her at least once but not on every single day and um i think it's like you say it does depend on her health at the time she's missed um, some massive engagements over the last six months um and that's one of those things we're just going to have to get used to now and i'm actually all for it. I think Charles and Camilla and also the other members of the royal family, they've all stepped up. But I feel like the decision to not be there is taken out of her hands because of her health. Yeah. Not because she doesn't want to be there. And when we see her on these video calls and we've seen her in the car today on the way to San Genome going in the helicopter, she looks well in herself. I think yeah. it is just at this point of time, it's mobility. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, no one is going to stop the Queen from doing what she wants to do, um, apart from her own health. And that makes sense, doesn't it? She's nine, she's 96 tomorrow. She's amazing for 96. Also to finish off, on Easter Sunday, Charles posted a message. So go over to Clarence House to read it in full. But in it, he talks about how over the past years, he has found himself heartbroken at the suffering of the innocent victims of conflict or persecution. And do you know what? To finish with Charles and Camilla this week, um, it was announced that they'll be visiting Canada in May. I didn't know about this. It's yeah. amazing. Um, to be visiting Canada, Royal Community, Charles <laughs> and Camilla are coming for you uh, to mark the Queen's Jubilee. And they visited Canada last in 2017. So actually, it's going to be super exciting to cover um, a Canadian royal tour. Bring it on. Yeah. And at the end of this week, mm-hmm. Edward and Sophie go on their Caribbean tour as part of the Jubilee celebrations. Yeah. It's going to be quite interesting to see what happens with Sophie and Edward in the Caribbean because of the backlash that's come from William and Catherine's royal tour there. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be quite interesting to see how they, they manage that moving forward. Then, Rach, on Easter Sunday, we saw the Cambridges and other members of the family all go into a service at St. George's Chapel. Apparently, the Cambridges were on a skiing holiday, and this was the first time of them coming back on that day to be at the Easter Sunday service. There were some pap shots that went around, so they definitely were skiing. I've seen the photos, but again, Mm. as we've said before, we won't ever post anything like that on our social media. We just don't agree with it. Um, So they definitely were skiing. I'm going to say this really, really quickly and just take rip off the plaster and say 
I was so disappointed by the Easter Sunday outfits. <laughs> I really loved Catherine's coat dress. I wasn't mad about the hat fascinator headpiece whatever you want to call it I wasn't mad about that I loved the color of the coat dress she wore it previously in Luxembourg um I loved that Charlotte because we saw George and Charlotte as well I loved that Charlotte was matching mum mm -hmm. like she had the tonal blues as well George in his little dapper suit looked cute and then yeah I wasn't wowed by any of them really I mean I have to say when I saw Catherine I went oh like it's the same thing over and over just wear a pantsuit I would be so happy if she wore trousers and like a blouse or something like just change it up it looks so like it just for me it was just like nah I've seen this look a million times on you and I was expecting wow well not wow let me put it this way not wow because she's going to an Easter service it's not supposed to be about her but Come on, I've seen it a million times. Yeah, but again, like like you said, it's it's that sort of service. She's wearing an outfit that she's previously worn, so it's already in her wardrobe. She's on holiday. She's probably thinking, oh, what have I got? I've got, you know, hundreds of outfits that I can choose from. Let me just pick out a smart outfit. The whole ensemble wasn't my favourite, but the actual coat dress itself that Amelia Wick said, I loved it. I loved the cut. I loved the colour. As I said, I wasn't mad about the headpiece, but I can forgive her for that. She looked, she looked great. She always looks great. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like maybe change it up a bit, but I just don't think it was that occasion. I have to give kudos to, we're going to say a name on the podcast, the Duchess of Sussex and Catherine, because this week we have seen both of those wear very, very high heels in very like extreme <laughs> situations. And I have to say that I have so much respect for especially Catherine because I've walked down that path that she's walked down we've got a vlog on YouTube about Windsor uh, <laughs> Windsor Castle if you haven't watched it get on over to YouTube and watch it and um, those are cobbled streets and those heels were high so I'm going to give a kudos for that go girl <laughs> go girl um can we just talk about the fact that I get he's only three years old and Louis Prince Louis is celebrating his birthday this week as well yay happy birthday Louis but it was like where's Louis <laughs> like, mm. I guess he's it's a church service and he's and you know he's still really young so he probably won't go for another year or so but again we saw pictures and videos of the Cambridges and Beatrice and Edo and Sienna which were taken by onlookers obviously sold to the Daily Mail oh. and then I think obviously Kensington Palace were like said to Danny Mount, take it down, otherwise you're going to get sued. Mm. And those were up for like a minimum of a few hours and then they were taken down. But it was that thing of, again, the royal fan accounts, they grab anything they can and they just run with it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, you've got to want some money pretty bad to be able to sell, <laughs> like, <laughs> to sell a grainy video of the Cambridges putting their luggage in a car. And being like, oh, yeah, look, there's Prince Louis. Like, what? <laughs> oh, goodness. But it's, no. it, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It's just, it's not like, I get it because it's the Cambridges and the fans are like, oh, it's the Cambridges. Like, post. But it's just not our vibe. I, I, it's never going to be our vibe. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I saw it. Like, I was like everyone else. I saw it. And, yeah, it, it is what it is. But um, the Cambridges obviously looked like they stayed as well as Edo and um, Beatrice and Sienna and Wolf. So, yeah, it seemed like they had, like, a nice weekend with Her Majesty before 
um you know before her birthday right can you imagine the easter egg hunt they had in in windsor <laughs> wow well we do know from Catherine that when the kids stay the queen likes to put a little treat in their bedrooms don't we we've we've um seen that when she said it on an interview before do you know what treat i'd like <laughs> a Fabergé egg <laughs> Well, it was close because it does lay an egg. I was going to say a rubber ducky because <laughs> when I have a bath, I'm like, right, okay, here's my royal duck. <laughs> or a a, um, a cuddle with the corgis. Or I'd like a tour in the royal um, jewellery vault. Yeah, but you can't put that in a bedroom. Oh, you could probably put a, um, a tiara in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, just wear it for the day. <laughs> can I borrow this, ma'am? Ma'am, can I borrow this for the day? <laughs> Amazing. Right, well, that is our Royal Roundup for this week. It was plentiful because we didn't have very much going on last week or the week before, wasn't it? Because they were off for Easter. Um, Yeah, so we give you a little bit of a bumper-packed Royal Roundup there. Let's move on (laughs) to the Royal News. Buckle up, Royal Community. (laughs) You know what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well... There I was, chilling out in Norway, and Phil, um, by the way, Phil's my husband, Royal Community, if nobody knows or you're first <laughs> listening to the podcast. He said to me, oh, have you seen this? Because anything royal, Phil will say, have you seen this? And I say, I've already seen it, thanks. And he said, how do you see that? I've got Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing that came up was harry meets the queen and i thought of all the times i go to norway (laughs) harry goes to meet the queen so give us a little bit of context here rach what exactly happened yeah so this week is the invictus games in the netherlands and it was reported so we didn't have any shots of them but it was reported by onlookers that they had seen megan and harry in a car coming or going from windsor castle and then we did actually get confirmation later from harry because he's done another interview with the today show in america talking about his time seeing the queen now what was interesting about this show is a few weeks before there was a uh, memorial service for his grandfather the duke of edinburgh which harry didn't go to yeah because there's all these um, issues with security right Mm -hmm. yeah he goes to windsor and there's actually no pictures or no videos of him because he's gone unannounced. Yeah. Yes, he would have been seen at the Duke of Edinburgh's um, memorial service, but he literally could have gone and then he could have flown straight back to California. As we know, that didn't happen. The whole issue was security, right? Yeah. Doesn't this just go to prove that you can come into the country unannounced? You don't have to announce that you're coming. You could come and see your grandmother. You could come and see your mm-hmm. dad, your brother, your niece, your nephews. You know. What's interesting, though, is if onlookers did see them, there could possibly also be a case of I just look think of these movies where people just stick a blanket over them and just lie on the back of the, yeah. <laughs> the seat. Like you could have even have gone further than that and not just sat in the, the car, if that makes sense. Like you said, this had to be announced that this happened by one of the spokespeople for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. This wasn't one of those things where it splashed on the newspapers, top story. That came afterwards. So, yeah, I take your point. I'm going to counter it, though, because um, Harry made a big claim that it's the security is for his son and daughter rather than for him and Meghan and that he won't bring his kids into the country until he gets that security. And in a way, it's like, I'll take the risk. My wife will take the risk, but I'm not letting my kids take the risk. But I think it, it does go to prove, actually, 
And we made this point a couple of weeks ago during the Prince Philip's Thanksgiving service. That would have been one of the safest places for him to go. And he didn't really need to bring the children as such. It was a memorial service. It was a Thanksgiving. So he could have just come on his own. He could have come with Megan and they could have just gone. And like you said, just gone straight on that aeroplane. Remember, they've got oodles and oodles of money. And yes, okay, they, they want to say about climate change and stuff, but they could totally have got on a private plane and gone back and forth places. I was really surprised when I found this out, like really, really surprised. Yes, we knew he was going to the Netherlands. Yes, we know it was the Invictus Games. What an amazing initiative, by the way. The, the Invictus Games, I've seen pictures and I've seen some of the events that's happened. The energy there is electric and those veterans and war heroes, it's amazing to have such a focus. I think actually this whole Harry going to see the Queen has taken the shine off Invictus because Invictus is such an amazing thing. We should be talking about that. I mean, it was shown on the BBC here. Yeah, but Shell, do you think the actual meeting the Queen is, it, it won't be shown, but the whole time that Meghan and Harry have been at Invictus, they've been followed by a Netflix camera crew, haven't they? They have, yes. So do you think they're going to show them maybe landing in the UK and mm-hmm. going towards Windsor. Obviously, the meet in the Queen is not going to be shown, but do you think they're going to really like pick up on that, show that, and then go into Invictus? Or do you think it's just going to be, right, this is Invictus? Because at this point in time, we don't know what this Netflix crew is following them for. We don't know if it is just about the Invictus Games. We, it could be about the Invictus. It could be about other charities that they work with. We just don't know at this point and we don't know when it's going to air. We have no information whatsoever. We do also know that the Netflix crew did follow them whilst they went to New York. So I think it might potentially be something to do with their initiatives and um, you know their, their charity work. And then with the finality of the programme being Invictus and everything building up to that moment, it depends what direction they want to take it. It would make more sense in a dramatic way for him to, yes, go and meet the Queen and then the camera's turning off, you know, because it's you're not allowed to go past that part. The Queen is one of the most famous people in the whole world. And why not kind of springboard onto that? for this Netflix programme. But that wouldn't be Harry and Meghan's decision. That would be, unless obviously they're they're producers on it, but that wouldn't be their decision. That would be the director's decision to make those calls. We don't know anything about it. And I think this this is why I don't want to speak too soon about Harry and Meghan and what I really think about it in the sense of, is it that they're piggybacking off the, the name of Royal? Because actually, we don't know what's coming. We've got Harry's memoir on the way. We've got Megan's podcast coming up. We've got a Netflix documentary. There's so many things that's in the works for them. We've got Pearl, I think, as well, which is the, the cartoon from Netflix that Megan's doing with David Furnish. It's there's a lot of projects in the, you know, in the working, in the making. And I just think there's a bigger picture here. There is a real big picture with Harry and Megan's approach to how they move forward because we haven't heard anything from them for a while Mm. and then it's I feel like they're gearing up because this is the time the jubilees come in this is their time to bank in on all of those projects because the the brand of royal it's at its peak in June 
it's at his peak. So it makes no sense mm. for Harry and Meghan not to create that buzz around them. But then I also think in a, in a different way, they've got their own different buzz. They've got their own different thing that they're doing. But it was really interesting, wasn't it, when Meghan was on stage and introduced Prince Harry the Duke of Sussex. Yeah. And I thought, well, in your Oprah interview, you didn't want to worry about titles. And you actually, the institution that has enabled you to have this platform is something that actually you you found stifling and your mental health. And then there was the racism. Why would you want to be part of any of that? And do you remember when they announced that they were leaving the royals, one of the last engagements that Harry did, when he went up on stage to give a speech, someone was like, oh, I don't know what you should call you. And he's like, you can just call me Harry. And it's like, but now you're using your title because like you said, like that's how they're getting their money is they're, they're banking in on their titles. You know, he's not the first royal to have left the royal family. You know, we've got the abdication, haven't we, of King Edward VIII. It, that was a massive, like cataclysmic break in the royal family at the time he then moved to France wasn't it he went to um the Caribbean as well and there's just this point where they kept their Duke and Duchess status didn't they yes yeah what were they Duke and Duchess of Kent Duke and Duchess of Windsor Windsor and it worked for them you know and they they used that and capitalized that in different ways I think royal community hold tight I think there's a bigger plan going on here and I think for us to be really critical or to be really I want to say judgmental but also I think really positive about it I think in hindsight when we look back on this in two years time we'll see the master plan come together and I think Sunshine Sachs which is their PR team they're very good they're very good at what they do so don't speak too soon because you never know what's around the corner and I think there's a point where Easter is also the day of rebirth and forgiveness and that is them being Christian after everything that's gone on and from both sides as well, because Harry's like, well, this family's done me wrong. And then the family like, well, Harry's done me wrong. This this in a way was um, not not even a smoothing of the cracks. This was just a beginning. And we are really seeing a crisis. It is a family crisis, isn't it? Yeah, because there was reports that he actually met Charles and Camilla as well as the Queen when he visited. I'm going to kind of counteract what you've said a bit because one thing that did really annoy me and it angered me as well um, was a few days after this all came out, Harry did an interview with the Today Show in America, but there was one quote that was taken from that that was run before this interview aired. He said about the Queen... I'm making sure she's protected and got the right people around her. Protected from what? Like, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> she had a HMS bubble. <laughs> she needs protecting from you, Harry. Like, from everything that you're about to do. She's in from your family. Like, come on. Like, got the right people around her. She's had the right people around her for years. You know, they're the same people that she's always ha- had around her. And make sure she's protected. You live halfway across the world. What do you mean? You haven't seen your grandmother for over two years. Like, what he's saying, it doesn't make sense. And also, what angered me, it it was the way, to me, that is like, oh, make sure she's got the right people around her. What? So you're saying that Charles... uh, Andrew, obviously... (laughs) (laughs) We do not speak of... He must not be named. (laughs) Yeah, you're saying Charles, Andrew, Edward, 
Sophie, William, Catherine, they're not all looking out for the Queen. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you, you don't think they've got her best interests at heart? Yeah, I, I'm glad you said all of that before because it, I, I've been, it's been bubbling up and I've got, like, a bit of a... Just get it out, Rach. That's what the royal community there for. I've got a bit of an angry situation going on because I just... Yeah. You know, this whole thing, like we'll talk about the Today Show interview in a second, but he goes on about saying like, oh, Invictus is a family. What about your own family? What about your blood family? What you've been doing to them for the past two years? What you've been dragging them through? What what are you going to put in your book that's going to bring them down even more and make people's perception of them change again? Mm. Like, but it's it's really interesting because as we say, we've spoken about this before, especially on our one year anniversary, long live the podcast episode. We actually say like, these are the reasons we don't really speak about Harry and Meghan because they are very polarizing. Mm -hmm. We get, why do you speak about them? Why don't you speak about them? And I feel that this is one of the times that we need to speak about them because like you said, I feel like they're just cashing in on their royal status. If they were just Harry Mountbatten Windsor and Meghan Markle, we wouldn't be talking about them whatsoever. But it's because he is Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, has married Prince Harry, right? Mm -hmm. And all of this has happened over the last two years. And whatever is going to happen in the future, I'm just absolutely like, I'm sick of it. And you get people, I am, I'm sick of it, I'm sorry, but... You know, you're you're quite you're quite what's the word like neutral at the moment. No, you're not neutral. Like no, I'm very kind of like a bird's eye view when I think of things. I think of it in all different angles. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it takes me a while. I do get emotional, but I kind of take a step back and I think, what is his intention? What is their intention? What you know? What are we not seeing? Because obviously we only have one point of view, right? Everyone listening to this, dear listener out there, you have your own point of view, but we're only one point of view. There's millions of us who all have different opinions, but also they have their own opinions. The people, the family of, you know, the royal family have their own. So I just try and think of loads of different ways. And that's the reason why I say I'm not getting too invested in this because I think there's a master plan going on. And I don't mean that as in like an evilness. I mean that as in we're not seeing all of the picture until like when this passes. As soon as the Platinum Jubilee passes and we see who brings out what when and who markets themselves as possible like a titled um it'll be interesting to see what harry calls his book Mm, yeah it will be interesting that's what i think and speaking of the jubilee he was asked about whether he'd be attending and he said i don't know yet there's lots of things with security issues and everything else this is what i'm trying to do trying to make it possible that I can get my kids to meet her meaning the queen again there's a lot of when you go on social media a lot of people I don't even want him at the jubilee what you know there was reports the other day that the queen's invited him to be on the balcony at Buckingham Palace oh can you imagine the uproar if they turned up on the balcony well I mean there's got to be uproar when we see Prince Andrew there but the other thing is we don't even know if we're going to see the queen there never mind Prince Harry never mind the Duchess of Sussex it's like there's so many uncertainties but I believe that the security issue with Harry and Meghan is always a fail safe for them to not turn up 
because they have a reason not to be there. So when the um, the case happens for them, because they're taking the Home Office to court over this issue, when that happens, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, firstly. Um, and then secondly, um, you know, if he doesn't win the case, what happens then? Does that mean he's never going to come back to the UK? You know, he's never going to bring the kids back? I don't know. I tell you something I do know. He doesn't have much time. And I think, to be honest, if this doesn't go in his favour with the trial, where does he go from there? There's a point where he has to then make his decision. Do his children never see the Queen? Does his children never have that experience? And let's also take a step back, because I think I'm starting to understand what you're saying a bit more now, Rach, because actually he has basically said on that Today Show, he said that he wanted to see whether the Queen was protected and had the right people around her. Right. That's what he said. But the people who are protecting the Queen are the very people that he wants protection from in this trial. He's the one that he's asking, oh, can I please have that protection around me? They're the people who are protecting the Queen. So if they're good enough for him when he comes to Britain, of course they're good enough for the Queen while she's in there. So why would it be that they wouldn't be protecting her? I don't know. It just it just it feels to me very much like um, he was ticking a box. Like I went to see my my grandmother. I made sure she was fine. So I don't feel any guilt when I leave. I think it was more for him than it was for her, for him to say that on that show, because she's probably one of the most protected British citizens in the whole country. It was just the most bizarre thing to say. Yeah, well, he he said he said in that um, in that Today interview, home for me, uh, talking about, you know, because obviously he lives in the States, home for me now for the time being is in the States. And it feels that way, like yeah. that's his home now. Um, he's been there for two years now. Um, and he was asked if he misses Charles and William. And he said, for me at the moment, I'm here focused on these guys and these families and giving everything I can. That's my focus, meaning the people of the Invictus Games. And when I leave here, I get back and my focus is on my family who I miss massively. And he's talking about Megan and the kids. So he really dodged that question, didn't he? He, did, he didn't answer it at all. He didn't answer it at all whatsoever. Which for me, looking in between... That means this book is going to be damning on Charles and William, because I believe if he would have said, yeah, I miss them terribly, or it was lovely to see Charles, you know, it was, it was, we keep in touch on Zoom. And then he slags them off in a book. It's gone. He's going to look like he's got egg on his face. Like, oh, well, you're saying one thing and then another. I think that's the reason why. I mean, this is just me speculating, by the way. But it, I believe once we read that memoir, everything will come into place of why he's done mm. certain things what I found interesting is I think because Harry and Meghan don't have the popularity here in the UK that they once had all these interviews for example are being done with American broadcasters so this as we said this was on the Today Show this interview was which I'm guessing is like ah, uh, this morning like it's one of the main breakfast television shows yeah I think so and so it probably gets seen by millions of people across the country let us know, Royal Community, if you're in America, if that's the case. Yeah. Obviously, we're not quite sure. But yeah, I think that is the angle and the route they're going down is we can't do what we wanted to do in the UK. Now we're here in the States. Let's utilise that and serve in what way we can in this country instead of where we would normally in the UK. I will say this, and this is something that for me, this is what I did actually get angry at, Rach. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that when 
well, actually the controversy in the Caribbean, the uh, the royal tour with Will, um, William and Catherine. One minute the press was on Catherine and William's side saying, look, you haven't seen this, this different angles when they had that uh, shot of um, them greeting people through the, the fence. And it looked, it looked it looked bad, didn't it, that picture? Yeah. Um, and they had loads and loads of journalists like jumping to their defence and saying that's not the case. And then as soon as they came back, they then changed their tack. And then it was, oh, this is really bad. This was a disaster of a royal tour. And it was like, yeah, it looked bad and there were certain things that I was that just felt wrong but actually it wasn't the whole story and it's interesting because all of a sudden there's negativity towards William and Catherine and then the same press that were just absolute hatred and racism towards Meghan when she was in Britain all of a sudden they're loving Meghan and Harry they're loving the Invictus Games they are loving the fact that they're they're back in in Britain and I'm just thinking the press are just so like they turn on a dime it's it's so you can tell how sensitive it is to be on that precipice with being in bed with the press basically mm. as, as royals yeah it's like the it's the royal writer isn't it we saw it on the on that documentary the princes in the press and i get what you're saying because like you said the same press that have previously not been um should we say not very nice to harry and meghan yeah and the way they write their stories in the papers have this week actually turned and they're kind of in favor of them exactly and it's like who who are you what are you trying to do like who are you trying to get back in with like yeah i know obviously it's their job as journalists because this is the sad thing is we should be talking about the invictus games as this amazing you know people that have come together through adversity. I mean, they've got a team out there that are from the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A war-tour country that is going through, you know, war still at the moment. Yeah. Come to the Invictus Games and then they're going back to fight an ongoing war. And they're the stories that we should be talking about. But as always with Meghan and Harry, well, particularly Harry at this point, it always comes with a bit of negativity, doesn't it? Yeah. And do you know what? Maybe we've, we've fallen in that trap because actually we are not talking about Invictus. We're talking about Harry and maybe we should have just done the opposite. But we're royal fans. We're not here to talk about Invictus. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about keeping up with what? the winters. Yeah, we're here to talk about <laughs> you know our feelings towards the royals because mm. that's you know that's what we're about. And yeah. like everyone, we have opinions, and our opinions don't, don't always match. And a lot of people out there would disagree with us. Some people might agree with us. You know, it's it's very balanced in that sense. But yeah, I think like you said, I'm very emotional about it. I know I am because. I can feel myself getting angry about it, just speaking about it. But I personally don't think by the time this his memoir comes out, my opinion is going to change. If anything, I think it's maybe going to make me dislike him even more. And I hate to say that. Hang on a minute, Rach. You're not going to even buy it, hun. You said you're not going to buy it, so... I'm not going to buy it. I'll read the excerpts. <laughs> you're going to have to read my copy. I'm not buying it. I'm not, I'm not giving him any more money than he's already got. <laughs> I'm not paying towards e security. I've done that. And now when he lives in Britain, I'm a taxpayer. <laughs> oh my goodness me! Oh, I love this side, this side of Rachel. Bring it on, girl. <laughs> 
bring it on. I mean, remember, how, wherever you're listening to this in the world, um, we will have a very different opinion of Harry and Meghan because we have a different press. We've also grown up with the royal family and it's a very different culture here when it comes to the royals versus, and I hate to say versus Meghan and Harry, but, you know, it, it, it is. And if you're in America right now and you love Harry and Meghan, then there's there's a reason why if, if, if let me put it that way there's a reason why because everything they do there is very favorable you just have to see the big picture in this and actually i'm just going to say it the way that i feel about it and actually it was lovely to see that he is living his life is doing his thing he's got you know he's got perceived control whatever that it means um over his decisions and invictus games and um yeah i i wish him nothing but the best but i also wish that he's not on the balcony and that's it you can't snag off an institution and then benefit from it it just doesn't work that way it just doesn't work that way so that's our opinions royal community as you can tell i'm very emotional about it (laughs) Michelle's keeping a clear, balanced mind. She's on the fence. I'm on the fence as usual. Yeah. What are you feeling about (laughs) the Harry situation that's happened this week? Do you agree with me? Do you agree with Michelle? Do you disagree? Like, it's okay to disagree. Like, that's what the royal community is all about. Yeah. Um, Let us know on our Instagram at Keeping Up the Windsors Pod, or you can also email us at Keeping Up the Windsors Pod at gmail.com. We'd love to know what you think about this whole Harry situation. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, I don't think it's over. I think we will get a bit more of this come in, especially with the, the court case. I mean, I'm not sure when that is at the moment, but, you know, the Jubilee, there'll be questions around that. You can follow us over on Keeping Up With The Windsors on YouTube, and you can also support Rachel and I by buying us a coffee over on Kofi, K-O-F-I. All of the links that we uh, t- discuss in today's episode, the charities, anything we've uh, mentioned will always be in the show notes. So feel free to scroll up on your apps and uh, read the show notes and you can click on the links to any of the patronages and charities and youtube links that we mentioned so please feel free to do that if you are listening on spotify we'd love if you would subscribe and leave us a five star rate and if you are listening on apple Podcasts, if you could give us a five star review we would love you forever as that boosts us up in the algorithm so more people can join the royal community with us thank you so much for being here thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week on keeping Keeping up up with with the the Windsors. windsors